on today's show. We are getting to know Jackie. But first, a word from today's sponsors. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up on any social media. It's Andre Psyche. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E. The next time you are looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Patreon.com helps creators like me earn a monthly income that will be put towards podcast expenses. Support the Getting to Know You Pod's creative endeavors through Patreon for as little as $2 a month. There are all sorts of costs that I had no fucking idea about associated with posting podcasts, not to mention the need for equipment and production. So dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests or just want to help keep the pod going, go to our Patreon. The links in the description and your support of the Getting to Know You pod is very much appreciated. Two bucks too much? Here are three free ways to help. Get your thumbs ready. One, push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. Did that? Thank you. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on your social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go ahead, open those apps, click away if you haven't already. Thanks again. Three, go to Apple, write a review. The internet tells me this might be the most important and impactful. So thank you. Your support, dear listener, whether it's with your thumbs through our Patreon or ideally both, is greatly appreciated. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. And Jackie is the first person I've ever had on the pod who's done it in a library. So thank you, Jackie, for reserving the room. I really appreciate it. And um, thanks for letting everybody get to know you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Excited to be here. Yeah. I And I, it's always weird, like, talking to somebody for, like, 20 minutes and be like, hey, let's start recording and then, like, talking about stuff. But... I'm kind of interested because when you had mentioned rugby in college to now like holistic life coach. And I feel like when I hear those words, they're like super sensitive, super spiritual, super emotional, like, like picking flowers, you know, avoiding like killing bugs. And then when I think of rugby, I just think of like the most badass of the badass. Like rugby is like right there with hockey, ice hockey. So I'm curious, I might as well start there with like the transition of holistic life coaching kind of stuff? How did that become an interest of yours? Um, so I've always been in the people helping field, um, but I was also always an athlete. I was always involved in some sort of sport or activity. Um, and really, I think that that is um, what kind of guided me along the career path that I took because um, I was in when I my sophomore year of 
or my freshman year of college, I, I wanted to be a doctor. I was going to go. Uh, I had a, a teacher in high school who said, you know, if, if you like something, go all the way. And I loved psychology. So he was oh, like, yeah. be a psychiatrist. So I was like, done. All right, I'm going to med school. Right. My freshman year, I'm like, I got to go to school for 12 years for this. Like, and imagine no, all the you. debt you get to rack up on top of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I racked up anyway. That's <laughs> another story. But um, so I was like, yeah, I don't want to wait until I'm in my early 30s, mid 30s before I'm like living my life. And and so um, I was um, encouraged very strongly by my parents to make a decision about what I was going to do with my career. And um it, and bluntly, my dad said, if you don't choose a major and stick to it by the end of your freshman year, I'm not helping you pay for college. <laughs> so, so I did my research and I really like took the time to figure out what it was I really wanted to do, what my strength did, a bunch of career aptitude tests. I talked to a lot of friends and family. I did some shadowing, career counselors, all sorts of things. Oh, wow. And I found occupational therapy. Um, and occupational therapy really gave me a, um, a blend of the science, the psychology, the creativity. Um, and in order to follow that path at Penn State, um, there was no major for that. And so I had to choose a different major and then go to graduate school um, for occupational therapy. And so I became a recreation park and tourism management major. <laughs> um, and my <laughs> option within that major was therapeutic recreation. Oh, so, so you're teaching um, like older people how not to throw out their hips in bocce ball. <laughs> Essentially, or you using, using recreation as a tool for yeah. therapy, no matter what it is, whether yeah. it's physical, um, mental, emotional, yeah, man, dude, um, it's amazing how just literally getting up and doing something changes your state of being. Yes, it really is. Yes. And I couldn't imagine, I, I was really attracted because I was an athlete, adaptive sports. Like I can't uh, imagine, yeah. I knew a lot of young people who got in car accidents, um, growing up in a small town. Um, and I just, I couldn't imagine if something happened to me and I wasn't able to play a sport or I didn't know what resources existed for that. Yeah. And so when I started to learn about that and like therapeutic recreation was like a really great fit, um, for, kind of that path and that trajectory. And I think that that's what led me ultimately to, you know, it, finding or using activities and providing resources for people that are accessible to be able to live life to the fullest, no matter what. Um, and so, and playing, playing rugby in college, of course, is that I didn't anticipate. I had never played rugby before. So that kind of got thrown in there. Um, and, I went on a traditional path of um, uh, after I graduated, I took um, be like a year or two, two years off. And then I went to um, occupational therapy school um, and I started travel therapy. Um, and so I was working, I was moving city to city every like three to six months um, okay. doing contract work. Gotcha. Um, and most often that's in the setting of, um, home health or skilled nursing facilities 
or um, school systems. And I wasn't really into working pediatrics. It's not, I always like leaned more towards working with adults. Um, and so I did a lot of like older adult care with home health and, and uh, SNFs. And then um, I got to a point where I was, I was working through the pandemic um, in a skilled nursing facility, um, a low income one at that. And it made it, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm at my, so my mom, well, I was telling you a little bit about my mom getting put in a facility. Um, she broke her up. I actually found her election day. So when Biden won, Trump lost, allegedly lost. Um, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, so I found her that day and then she got put in a nursing home. And I remember like, she's getting hip surgery. She has no other spouse. It's just me. And I couldn't see her afterwards. It was literally like she was going to prison. They were like, well, you got her to the nursing, you got her to the hospital. You know, I rode in the ambulance or I drove her. I followed because they wouldn't even let me in the ambulance with the um, ETP or the EMT people. And then I get to the BB and they're like, you have, you can be in there for 15 minutes. Then you have to go. And BB's wow. the hospital. And I was like, damn. I'm like, when do I see her? It's like, well, we might be able to talk on the phone. We, you have to go. And like, that's how freaked out they were at COVID. And then when she went to the nursing home and it was just, I mean, it's raging in there. And this is like maybe by the second time people were getting shots. And I couldn't see her for six, seven months, man. So basically you talk to this lady on the phone and she's still all fucked up in her head. Like, what am I doing here? Am I going back home? And you're just like, Hey, how's it going? Talk to you a little bit. And even now I feel weird going over there. Like she wants to leave and go on like little trips. And I'm like freaking out that like, I have a daughter. She's not vaccinated. She's 12, but I'm like, what if I bring you around my kid and she does everything, you know, she's playing sports. She's hanging out with friends. She's going to the boardwalk. And I'm like, yeah. you're going to see her and then go back and are you going to like kill people? Like it, it's a real weird place to be. So long way to get to, I can't imagine the nurses and the people who worked in those kind of conditions. Cause you turned into, I'm assuming like you turned into the only family. So many of these elderly people had. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was really a challenge, um, to, and, and on top of that, with the, mem- with people with memory impairments, it was really even more of a challenge to like explain to them why they had to stay in their rooms and why they right. couldn't go outside and why there were no activities and why they couldn't go to the dining room for lunch and, yeah. you know, and why everyone's coming into their room in a little space suit, you know, <laughs> like, like it was very confusing and, you know, and, and, and our time with them, even, uh, especially I found, um, as, as a therapist, we were given, um, we get a little bit more time with them sometimes that we can, um, that, that we can spend, um, and well, dependent on the situation or the person and, you know, in the day, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, dude, I walk into these nursing homes and my mom actually worked in nursing homes as a nurse. So growing okay. up, I would go see her and I was around it and I was whatever, like the teenage kid and like, they just love, the older, older ladies in the wheelchairs just love them some me. Cause I'd come in and they're just, Oh, aren't you so handsome? Come here, come get this. And you crack a joke, you smile and it just makes their day. It and really does. Yeah. But like on the flip side, you get to see a lot of very like 
if you don't understand that they're like towards the end of their life and they're mentally confused, it's some disturbing behavior, like random screams, random cries, get off me, you're hurting me. And then you like go around the corner and like you're alone and you're like, what, what's happening? And they're so, oh, they, she does that about every 45 minutes or so she's having like, and you're like open tremors and you're like, what? And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's what we listen to for a 12 hour shift. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing yeah. we can do unless we're going to medicate her and knock her out. That's just where she is in her life. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, dealing with them and trying to go some sort of like physical objective of like, okay, we're trying to do squats. Let's get some more hip mobility. Exactly. And we can only stay here in this small space of your room and not cross the curtain to your roommate on the other side who is sick of you, <laughs> you know, because that gets part of it, too, is that then they're some sometimes they're not paired with somebody. Um, and sometimes it's sometimes it's three, four people in a room yeah. um, that all those energies and all the smells and all of the, you know, the, the interruptions, they're not getting great sleep. They're not yeah. getting, you know, they don't always like the food. There's just so many things that like impact their day to day that the having us was an outlet. Yeah. Like it was, I, I could kind of like pull some strings here and there and be like, we're going for a walk in the hallway because therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, or like we're going to go outside because you got to do community ambulation. Right. You know, so I would be able to like help get them out a little bit with that piece Uh, or even sometimes in the gym, if it was only like one person at a time and we knew that we had that space privately, Um, you know, so it it was we were really we became, like you said, their their family, their outlet and uh, in a in a really big way um, to be to be able to provide that meaningful care and and support that you know and and sometimes a little bit of just like emotional support and understanding Mm. of you know of of what's going on it because because the nurses are so are even more busy and understaffed and overworked and and to the point where they're not able they're able to but they don't always stop to say to say for the hundredth time yeah no mr so-and-so like you have this is why you know and so we can we can be a little bit more patient with them because we don't have as many patients on our caseload in the same way as they do you're individualized and like the nurses goal is the group or the wing or the ward right like their their group is the whole and it seems like your focus is the individual and it's awesome yes. that you actually tried to look for those loopholes to get people what they needed. Was it like, I'm trying to think back to like COVID and I was never a fearful of COVID person, but um, I jog regularly. I live in the country. So, so I'm not like, I'm, I'm not condensed. I'm not fearful of those germs. I believe to my, I eat pretty well. I, I drink way too much, but I eat well and I exercise regularly and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll be okay. But I was super freaked out about hurting or affect spreading it to older people. And I'm curious for you when you're trying to like, not do anything illegal, but like bend the rules, do what's right. Let people get outside, get some sunshine, let them break up the monotony of their room for 24 hours straight. Like, did it play on your morals at all? Was it hard to get to that point to like push a limit? Um, Is that a weird question? I don't want to like implicate you no, in some like I'm, criminal I'm happy way. to answer that. Um, I, I think it was... a it was a little bit hard, um, harder 
Or actually, I'll say, I'll answer your question first. And then um, <laughs> I think the helping them get out, we're like, if if we're taking proper protocols, then I I don't see a reason why we can't, you know, like yeah. they, they would say, you know, like for that, we would have to eat, eat like, there are certain rules around yet if staff is doing some of these things in the hallway then why can't this resident you know they're also getting tested for covid every single week just as we we were getting tested every single week um we had to get swabbed and um and cleared to work we were getting you know temp checks and all of that every single day yeah um and so they're getting regularly screened they're doing their best to like manage it and control it but like uh I'll put a mask on you for the hallway, you know, like yeah. they, people are going to be in the hallways with and without masks. People that are leaving to go into the community and do whatever they want are coming back into the hallway and into your room and into the space. And so I think it's, it was less of an issue to bring a resident out of the room as it was for like a staff member to go into a room without all of the equipment. Okay. Um, I think because we're the ones leaving we're the ones that are com that are potentially bringing it in that are that are also coming into contact with so many other patients um, that I would say that part of it was a little bit of a challenge for me of like sitting with that, you know, what if I do something on the outside, I spend time with somebody that and you know, and I or I go to the grocery store and I pick something up or I you know, who knows, and then I bring it in. Yeah. I think that was more of the more of the fear for me than the other way around. See, so I teach and I like I gave a fuck less. I didn't I, I didn't affect my like outside life. I was like, dude, I'm going to a grocery store. If things were open, I, I went to things. I didn't make lifestyle choices based on my profession because I looked at the numbers and I'm like, kids, they don't die. It doesn't seem like kids are transmitting to older people. It just doesn't seem like it wasn't proven. Right. But I'm curious yeah. for you, did it have a large effect on your life choices while it was oh, going absolutely. on? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we kept a, a pretty, um, you know, clean home, uh, just with my, I did, I had two roommates at the time and, um, two of us were working outside of the home. So we knew that risk kind of off the bat, um, was there, but um and like and there were times that i would get i would go to the grocery store but a lot of times like i got grocery we, we would get our groceries delivered if we could um or we would find like um i, I wasn't going anywhere indoors or like with uh, with people or um like i i did some outdoor gatherings um and then as time went on, I mean, as, as it, you know, it, yeah. as like in the, in the beginning, it was definitely like more high alert than, you know, as, than as later, later on. And, um, and it did, you know, got to a point where, you know, we kind of like let up on certain things here or there of like what, what we agreed to kind of as a household, um, and just trusting that, you know, the choice, we were trusting each other to make the choices, um, it's a weird, like the household things. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about it like that, but it is almost like having an open relationship and then going out and it's like, well, if you're going to go hook up with somebody, put a condom on. Right. And it's like, if you're going right. to get outside, put a mask on, can I trust you to protect yourself? So you don't bring it back home to us. 
Because that was, I don't know how paranoid you were about the spreading, but like there was a while there where like to-go containers were getting wiped down. You know, like you're changing, you're stripping at the door with your clothes and like throwing immediately into the laundry. And you look back and you're like, that's so weird. But that was, that's an interesting dynamic, making like a communal choice about, hey, if we go out, how are we going to do this responsibly and respectfully to the other roommates? Yeah, because they, I mean, they knew what my reality was. They knew I was working, you know, like they're not only living with a healthcare provider who could bring it home, um, but also um, living with one who could bring it into one of the highest risk populations that was was there. So, and one of my housemates also her, um, you know, she was in fear of her mother getting sick and, you know, because she spends a lot of time with her as well. And so we really just wanted to make sure that our community was safe. Um, Ultimately, um, the facility I worked at, um, pretty much everyone, like 90, I, I'd say like 98% of people got COVID, um, <laughs> both staff and, um, and patients. That's insane. Um, residents. That yeah, many people. It, it, yeah. Like it, the, we had to, um, we were on lockdown for it just like spread because, you know, when one nurse is working with sometimes 10 patients, yeah. you know, then that, it just, it just moves. It just went real fast around the building. And so, um, pretty much everyone, um, and, and, um, tested, tested positive at, at one point, um, with the, the exception of a handful of people up until that point, um, there was a kind of, to some degree, my, my boss was very, very cool about like, we know that it's here. We know that it's a risk, but you know, if you're taking care of yourself and you're doing, you know, what you got to do, like, it'll be okay. Like she was, you know, she, she made us at least me feel, feel good, feel safe, feel protected. And also like understood that if, if it has, she, she was a regional director. And so she like had been in other facilities where it had spread and understood that this happens, but like, you know, it was just encouraging us to make make choices that made sense for us, knowing what the risk was. Um, but it's still kind of that fear-based mentality of being in the facility all day, whenever, you know, of like, with especially all of us, like in our spacesuits, you know, yeah. um, and, and just that, like, that risk. But almost like once everyone got it it was kind of like a relief in a way because like yeah we couldn't necessarily stop it but like and yes some people did pass away but in all honesty the people who passed away were people who were really at the very end of their life already their quality of life was not very much um and you know and and most people really like got through it and you know, it may have been a challenge and, you know, and increase their vital signs and, you know, things like that, but really got, got through it. And so after that, then it was like, Ooh, 90 day window, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. all excited. Dude, well, that, that was always the weird question. And it's, it's a large question that has to be so individualized, but it's the isolation to live versus social socialization an opportunity to die. And it's like, how do you balance the wellness of that? And I think it's like pretty clear at this point where like 
I don't know if the complete isolation versus the to give up all the social socialization was the best choice. Like I feel like we probably could have pushed the risks of socialization for kids and for people. Hey man, Hello. I don't know um what happened, but we're still recording. <laughs> um, all right, maybe. Maybe someone up there is listening and being like, we are done with you fucking podcasters talking shit about our choices in government. Big <laughs> like, Brother is always watching. Zuckerberg was like, shutting another one down. <laughs> done. It's over. But yet, like, man, even with kids, we're, we looked at kids this year in schools and we're like, they don't know how to fucking act. Like, they won't listen. They're talking to their like be quiet and they'll be like oh, yeah in a minute and you're like no you don't get to tell adults to like be quiet like no turn in an assignment on time and you're like and they're they got in so much more trouble just following routine and rules and you're like that was part of your socialization that you missed you yes. skipped whole fucking yes. 18 months of it and like i look at people and there are tons of stories of people passing away and like you're holding up an ipad and the other person's in a spacesuit, and you can't even get the contact of like flesh to flesh, I'm going to hold your hand yes. because oh. of the liability of I could be another thing that's killing you. Like it just seems so inhumane um, looking yeah. back at it. And I, I did. Yeah, I, I hear that. And I, I did take um, the time, like some of, some of my patients, like that's what they need. Like I, I wouldn't take my gloves off or anything like that, like my equipment off, but like, and to give, to be able to give that flesh to flesh, but to be able to give like that human contact, even like, I'm like, if we got it, you know, like to, even if like massage may not have been something that they really needed in order to advance their ability to perform a task, if that's going to make them like relieve them of some pain or discomfort or emotional release that then they're able to perform then you know justifiable to me if I you know if I need to sit there and like and like I would hug them or I would hold their hand or I would you know like in like it as appropriate right you know like because it that 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 piece of especially older adults they need our face to you know and because they are already hard of hearing they're Mm -hmm. hard of vision right and here we are and like i'll just tell you what this spacesuit was for me it was um so gown shoe covers two pairs of gloves a mask a face shield and a shower cap Mm. right so all they see through reflector like is the our eyes maybe like with the because we still had a face shield on yeah. right so like they could barely they can't read our lips they can't like see you know if, if they as well and like it was really a challenge to communicate with them and to to really help them even understand and so sometimes like sometimes it would require like you know like pulling down the mask on the other side to like make sure they could see what you're saying right. or have to f- mime things you know <laughs> to, to or point and you know just find other ways to communicate and i think that that part like they're already our older adults are already so isolated from before covid yeah without covid they're all like and 
they're so they're so isolated that now we're isolating them even more that like the the rates of depression i'm sure are through the roof yeah i also wonder being dressed like that how much so like you're seeking normalcy right if you're an older adult you get put in a home you just you want to whatever go for a walk you want to go for the store you want to watch your tv you want to be in your chair and like you have to get used to seeing nurses in uniforms, kind of strangers. And but at least they kind of look normal because I can see your hair. <laughs> I can yeah. see if your nails are done. I can see yeah. your earrings. Oh, you got new necklaces. Beautiful. You know, like little trinkets of personality and shit. But like yeah. now it's like I'm going to dehumanize myself and I can't even really bring the outside world into you. You can't see the newest fashion of like whatever Crocs. Oh my God, all nurses are into Crocs now. Like, what are those stupid shoes with holes in them? Aren't your toes cold? You know, and like they'll say their corny little lines and you can like make jokes and you'll have a connection. But when you have removed that as well, how like how do they even know like what's normal if they're not seeing any they family? Mean, too? Yeah, they they don't. They don't, they really don't. And they, and they don't know who we are. I mean, it was when all of that first went down for all, we couldn't recognize each other. Right. Like I'm passing some <laughs> nurses where I'm like, who is that? Like, I, you know, like we don't know because we're, you know, we're completely covered that you can't even like tell e each other apart. So let, and, and like, and we know each other much better than like the residents do. So is yeah like you'd have to just like kind of wait for a voice or or just start to pick up on like other mannerisms or things yeah. but yeah that normalcy like is completely out the window yeah and god man especially if you're dealing with like if the world's kind of slipping away from you if your understanding of the routine the world what's going on and now all of a sudden you're seeing people in suits telling you to do stuff like <laughs> well on top of that almost every single room had either had either one of the news channels or CNN on right. all day long. God. And what were they putting out all day long? Yeah. Death numbers. No doubt. Right. Like all the, all the, the, the number of cases, the, you know, all the, the um, countdown to a million deaths countdown to 5 million positives and you're seriously like, vaccines. And then, you know, like there are some residents that like chose not to get vaccinated, right. you know? And like, even though it like, they were like strongly, strongly, strongly encouraged to, you know, not, there's no, for, there's no forcing. There was no forcing for us either. And I need um, you to be honest. Time. They snuck it into the food, right? They just like ground <laughs> up the vaccine, <laughs> little pills. <laughs> Right, like I Michael mean, Scott would, with his aspirin. We'd be able pudding. to taste it any different with how <laughs> the food is there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they they were really like most people, you know, who knows if they were even like totally aware. Like, yeah. I mean, they had someone sign off on it, you know, like because yeah. you have to legally. Um, but you know, not everyone wanted to have it because they're, they're like, no, like I just beat it. Why am I going to now get like, it was before the vaccines even went out. Oh, that you guys we, got that, it that, that early, huh? Yeah. I was supposed to get my vaccine like 
10 days later or something like that, like the, and, and when I tested positive. And so we all like, then it was like, okay, well at this point, like, do we also now get vaccinated? And some of the residents are like, well, it's, you know, like, I don't, I don't want that. And there, you know, you see, you see everything going on in the news and on top of all of the, the social dynamics and in a low income facility, like you're getting a lot of people who are not, um, who are, don't do not trust the 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 sources above yeah, um why would so you? so yeah it's definitely um a unique reality how was covid for you like having covid were you one of the easier cases or did it kind of kick your ass yeah um i was i had like a couple days of like um it, like the body aches and the headache. Um, I did lose my sense of smell for a couple of days. Um, and, um, and my breathing, it took a little while to get my breathing back, um, to full capacity. And, and I, um, I kind of tested that. So I, I spin poi. So like, they're like lights on strings. like. Right. Um, and so when I got COVID, they actually put since I had roommates, they put me in a hotel. Um, and so that was like paid for by the state or the government. The, or California. Yeah. Put you in a hotel COVID. That's amazing. Like were other was it just like they rented out hotels for COVID positive people and they were. Sending? So what I learned later is that that those the hotels were available for all like medical staff that I could have opted into from the very beginning oh. that I like even be without getting it just so I could have a place to be isolated away from my home. See, and then you could um, have been a squatter and then you just been I, like, nope, I, not I leaving. I've been paying rent for, <laughs> for a year. Like, it, you know. Yeah, how like, did they not advertise that better? They don't tell us that, yeah. Why would they not? Why would like, so you were just being so nice to your regional manager and I'm gonna have to throw a little bit of shade on that person. Like, dude, how is that not posted in the break room? Right, right. And and I found like, I talked to other other nurses like afterwards that like, they were like, you know, put up for like six plus months and they're making bank but um, because they're working on a COVID unit and yeah. they're, you know, and, and so all this. And, and so I only was in this hotel for the like 10 days or two weeks that I was quarantined. Um, and, um, and when I was, and so when I was going there, I was like, I'm bringing every, I was like, I got all this time. I'm like, I want to have all my stuff. So I literally like packed, like I was like moving into this hotel. I brought, <laughs> I brought paints. I brought, um, like books. I brought, um, like my lights. So, so all, all these different things that I knew were going to be like helpful for me. I got food. I got a place where like, it was a, I had, I made sure I got a place that had a kitchen so I could cook, uh, like a little kitchenette. Um, and just all this stuff. And, and, um, one day, like, I was like, I gotta get out of this room, you know, like I can't stay in this hotel room. Yeah. How many days straight did you go? Just how many staying days? straight in the hotel room. Did you go? Um, I think like maybe four 
or five before I was like, like, and I, I did go like downstairs a couple of times. And, and so they, I couldn't tell the hotel that I had COVID because it wasn't actually for people who had COVID, but <laughs> it was, but so, but they knew that I was, you know, like in healthcare or whatever. And so I was, I would still like when I would go, when I would interact with anyone, I'm in like full mask and face shield, um, you know, all the things. And so I, I really did my best to not like be spreading it around the hotel. Right. Um, but at, at one point, like, so I'm like, I'm going to at least like get some fresh air. So I, I went for a walk um, and um, I was kind of over by the water. And so I like, I smoked a bowl and watched the sunset and, you know, I'm like, my lungs need this. <laughs> like, and I just, I, and I spun my lights and, doing that, like I could feel my shortness of breath. And that's something that I wouldn't necessarily feel. And that was kind of like a gauge for me. Um, it started with at first, like packing all of my things and going up and down the stairs. Oh. I, I felt it. And then when I was spinning my poi, I'm like, I don't usually like feel this. And then, so then over time I was able to like gauge my breathing based on just like activity. And yeah. that was, you know, for something that, you know, I wasn't doing intensely, I was getting short of breath. So, um, so that would I, I say was the worst of it that I like did need to recover, my lungs did need to recover a bit or my cardiorespiratory um, needed to recover a little bit. But I would say overall, like it really wasn't that bad. Yeah, like mentally, were you, cause if this is pre-vax, that's pretty early on where people are still wondering like, does everyone die? Do I have some sort of underlying symptom I don't even know about that COVID's going to latch onto and kill me? Did you get yeah. as paranoid as I would have gotten maybe? Or were you like, eh, I'll be all I right. wasn't, no, because I, I knew it was healthy, fairly healthy. And, you know, I mean, I, I think I still had that piece of like, just worry of who else that I have been in contact with yeah. did it impact. I think I was more, I was more concerned about like who I could have spread it to that had underlying conditions versus my own. Like, and I, and I, I think that in, in general, I don't know if that's me as a person or me being a healthcare provider or maybe both. I like, I tend to put other people first. Yeah. Right. Maybe why you got into that job. I mean, it sounds like you researched what the fuck you wanted to do, like way more thoroughly than most people I know. Like you were like a shadowed aptitude test. I know. I took my dad's threat seriously. I was like, damn, like, Like, this dude must be humongous. (laughs) No doubt. Your dad's like six, four shredded two fifty, tatted up all the way to his neck. (laughs) He's just, Walks around with a biker wallet that he spins like boy lights. Oh my like, god! I can't, I'm imagining my dad like that because he's like five nine, no tattoos, just just like a New Yorker. Gotcha. That can <laughs> you know, be like an intense New Yorker. Dude, that's something that's interesting too. So, um, I recently went to uh, South Carolina, um, just on like a little mini road trip, and something I noticed immediately. Just going to like diners. I had um, went to the same diner, three separate waitresses each day, and they all seemed to actually thoroughly enjoy their jobs, like genuinely, like smiles, care, oh, hon, give you recommendations, take time with you. 
And I'm like, I'm from Southern Delaware, but like when you travel on the East Coast, you go to Philly, you go to Baltimore, you go to DC, like n- nobody has fucking time for you. They don't give their, like yeah. you're an inconvenience as a person in their life, even though it's for their sure. job to wait on you. It's like what? Drinks, food, what? Yeah. And you're like, damn, a little foreplay? Can we like have some ambiance now? And it's really yeah. interesting. So your dad being a New Yorker, there's like this weird like intensity that they just come oh, at yeah. other humans with in order to, I mean, maybe it's cause they're so packed, you know, but it's really, it's different if you're not used to yeah, it. Yeah, it's the, just like a go, go, go mentality, like get, get it done, you yeah. know, keep it moving, you know, and, and don't bother me with your bullshit. In yeah, your little pettiness. <laughs> I ain't got time for your fucking feelings, man. You need, oh, I did, did I forget your lemon? That sucks. <laughs> you never see him again. <laughs> I moved to, so I went to OT school in Atlanta and I I moved down to the South because I only applied to schools in different regions of the country. So I was like, fuck this, I'm getting out of here. I want to do something, you know, I want to like experience a different like way of life. I, think I that's knew smart. the Northeast enough. Yeah, I think that's really smart. Like it sucks when your kid leaves, especially if you like your kid, but at the same time, like, the early parts like <laughs> early on well yeah right like some parents could like they got other shit going on right like it's not that they yeah, don't love their good. kid but they it's not like the super priority to be like oh my god you're like i want to spend time with you i want to see you every day kind of thing it's like no i mean you can fucking go but like yeah. you really want you don't want to just be in that echo chamber of not only social media but like where you live it, it really is like traveling can it just makes you a better person you get well-rounded i absolutely so that's smart. Yeah, it's smart yeah. that you were thinking that. And the South, man, the South is totally different, like, way of life. Growing up, it, well, first, you got the North and the South, right? So, yeah. like, the, in the South, they're still living in the war of Northern aggression. Um, <laughs> so, so, but I remember my first experience at the grocery store. Oh my God, like the nicest people, like usually like the cashier at the, at the grocery store up North, like, just like you were saying, just like has no time for you. Just like here, like just scanning, scanning, scanning. This is how much you owe. Right. And they're like chatting with me. So how's your day? And like, just so sweet. They offer to bring my groceries to the car for me. And like my instinct is like, what do you want to go to my car for? No doubt. You know, like I got that like mentality of like, like, no, you don't need to, I, I got, I got it. Like, leave me alone. Like, what are you a chauvinist? Are you right, a sexist? You don't think I'm strong enough? And, yeah. So it's just different. Like, and they have the time for that. They have, they hire the staff to be able to provide that quality of service because yeah. that's how they are. It's just yeah. very, and they're, and you know, you can't get out of there quickly. They're going, they're going just as slow as yeah. they want one item at a time, you know, you just like got to go with it. So. Yeah. That was weird for me. And I had to check myself a couple of times. Cause I'm like, where the fuck is she? And then you like, you look down and it's like, yo, it's been a minute and a half. She's gonna And like, you know, they're going to be nice. It's like, dude, you can wait an extra minute for your coffee. Like, yeah. like quit acting like you're on some Starbucks timeline and these baristas have to like pump out Frappuccinos at a certain rate or they're fired. Like, it's not like right. that, man. But it really was an awakening to me to be like, slow down, dude. Like, don't yeah. like what you were talking about, like being present in the moment. It's like, dude, be present at the table. Don't be worried about getting through the table, get through the coffee, get through breakfast. Like 
whatever it's going to be, let it be. Just make it what it is. Embrace what it is. You know, it was interesting that I had that little reflection at whatever, nine o'clock, eating grits, trying grits for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just totally different way of life. And and that, like, after leaving Atlanta, I got to travel to different regions of the country. I was in, I, I, when I started my travel occupational therapy career, I was in, I was first in Dallas, Texas. Um, and so I, I did Texas way of life for a few months. And then I went out to the Pacific Northwest. I did Oregon and Washington. Um, and then I, then I landed in California, uh, which is where I am now. And I don't, I don't, ever see myself live like I, I won't I actually I, I never I don't like to say never or forever um but I I always expected to go back to the east coast because that's where my my um like primary family is yeah um but I I've learned there are a lot of other strategies to be able to stay in touch with those people and maintain relationships that like my way of lifestyle and living is more important to me um but not that not more important to me than my people but i can have both and and i just really love the vibe of the west coast in just a total in a just a different way that it's it's not as it's 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 a little bit more like laid back in that sense or like the south was a little too slow for me (laughs) um you know coming from the north and you know texas was a little too texas for me um but the west coast just has that like that great in between of like that laid back and there's like a warm positivity here that i experienced that i hadn't really experienced in other places um and so do you think it's all now for now? Do you think it was always in you or like I, I don't even know how to ask, but like if I'm thinking of you as like an East Coast, I'm thinking of myself selfishly as an East Coast person, and I'm like, is that in me? And the East Coast is beating that down in me, or am I just always this negative and aggressive? And like if I moved to the West Coast, would I hate it and be like, you fucking hipsters, you're all introspective and all loving? Like have some fucking goals in your life, you know, accomplish something kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, um, it was always in me. Um, but I think we're also a product of our environment. Our environment totally shapes, you know, how, how we are. And so, so yeah, I think there's a little, there's a little bit of both is like, I was kind of, I was very like, driven in one mentality but I wasn't but I I've always kind of had this like warmness that like not that that wasn't accepted on the east coast because that's still like love is there's still a lot of love on the east coast like for sure um it's just expressed differently (laughs) (laughs) right like it's expressed with fuck you instead of a hug yeah (laughs) see i always thought that was maybe more of a like i always took that as more of a dude thing but i wonder it's like dudes we just like bust each other's balls like if if i'm not fucking with you then i don't like you kind of a thing where it's like yeah or maybe the other way to look is we could be very uplifting and positive towards each other and not break each other down to show that we care we could try that no you fucking pansy okay never mind you know and like (laughs) that's what you feel it would be taken as where it's interesting to think about that as like an a a standard right of like that is the norm to be more positive versus i i like it really does feel like it's just a little more negative and aggressive yeah 
Yeah. Dude, I I don't want to move to California. I hate taxes. Uh, what else? So, what? Does anyone like taxes? Yeah, I know. Dude, I, mean, fucking, <laughs> I, I was, I was You're going like, to pay them pretty... Well, you're in Delaware, so you don't pay ta- sales tax yeah. there, right? Dude, now, but man, like there were... I was going to stores and like some in South Carolina, they would not, they had like a 9% tax, but on top of it, a lot of the stores would hit you with like a charge fee for your card. So it'd be like 3% on top of the 9%. And you're just like, this is outrageous to me. This is, it, it was just outrageous to me. Um, I was thinking back to the OT thing. And did you ever think about quitting when you were going through all that stuff or are you the typical person of like, well, I got the degree. I'm forced to use it now because I have no other options type thing. Yeah. So I love the field of occupational therapy. I will always be an occupational therapist. Um, I think there's a lot of value in what our fields represents, which is providing function in whatever tasks you do in your in your life that you want to do that you have to do um that you have yet to do that like it gives it in it but the medical model in the u.s the way that it's framed especially in the setting i was in being in um skilled nursing home health even like some acute care kind of stuff those things are um like it's kind of pushed that you have to um they like insurance dictates what you're able to provide to some degree unless you know you're in a situation where someone is private pay or they you know and and that's kind of rare in those settings um and so what i started to notice and this kind of gets back to what your original question your first question was is i started to see what what can I do to create a new path of health outside of this disease-based system that exists here? Because um, I can't bill for, I, I couldn't bill insurance for some of the holistic health things because that doesn't make anybody money, yeah. right? And so if, it, and the healthcare system in the U.S. is a for-profit. And so if I, so for me, I wanted to, or I, as I was going through all this, I start, I, um, I was through COVID. I started to, um, the, the algorithm had me like locked in on like, (laughs) you want this, you want this buy this. Right. And I, one of the things I got targeted for was a, was a, um, a life coaching ad. Um, and, 30 day, um, 30 day, you can be certified right? for six courses for free. <laughs> not even, not no. even. It was, it was just like, I, I click, I, it was, it was in my, I think my Instagram when I was like scrolling, I, it, it was just like a photo or something and it had like a, you know, a message or something on it that I was like, oh, I really connect with that. And I started to read it and then I clicked on it, brought me to a page, which brought me to a video and the video of the man was speaking, like he moved me through the screen mm. and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like I had no idea. I didn't know what life coaching was at that point. I Stop. had no idea. How can like, you live in California and not know what life coaching is? Because I was in this bubble of like of of 
the field that I was in. Oh. You know, I, I wasn't really, my focus wasn't really anywhere else outside of that. I was really just in this mode of like, this is my environment. This is my reality. Right. And so I wasn't thinking about stepping out of my career yeah. at all. But when I, but I was like, but this is how, like, I want, I want to connect with people and move people and help people in another way beyond what I'm able to do in my current setting. And so I, that led me to, you know, uh, setting up a call, which led to then me opting in and giving my credit card. And, um, and so I did a program it was like a six month program, um, where that was at my own pace. Um, and then I like ended with, um, my like certification weekend with a training, vir virtual training, um, and amidst all of that, I had my spiritual awakening, oh, um, because there were really like a lot of tools infused in the learning that were from a spiritual lens, um, which I didn't necessarily ever lean into. Um, I, I grew up with the, you know, the, um, Catholic lifestyle. Dude, I was of, about to say it. Like if you're if you're in the fucking cold in the East, man, you're either Catholic or you're probably nothing. I know there's yeah. other religions, but like that's the predominant is like, yeah, man, just feel guilty. <laughs> feel yeah. guilty and repent and you're good. There's not it's yeah, not yeah. like go relational. To, go to Sunday school, meet hit just like check the boxes, no right? Doubt. Like, Did you get baptized? Get good. Fire insurance. <laughs> Right. Communion, check. Reconciliation, yeah. check. Confirmation, check. Right. It was just one thing yeah, after another. And so then, but then you get to a point where you're like, okay, well now we're going to church on Christmas and Easter, you know, yeah. or. Cause like, or it seems like no one looks forward to going and that like that gets to a weird place in church where it becomes too much of a spectacle for me. Like the Christian relationship part, I still have to work out how I feel about that. But at least a lot of those people seem happy to be going to church to yes. like work on their morals and reflect on how to treat people and what is right. Where yes. like, I don't know, like, man, I don't remember Catholics like smiling, wanting to hang out afterwards. I, I like, I just remember it's always a fight and like your parents are upset that they got to make you go because you got to attend so often to like get the check of the check mark, you know, like it right. never seemed enjoyable. Yeah. And, and I think I didn't necessarily learn, like there were, there were things, of course I learned in Sunday school and, and everything, but I didn't, um, I connected spirituality to religion. Yeah. I didn't really know them as separate pieces as the spirituality is a component of the religious teachings, you know, the, the, the religion is the is the teachings of the book, right. And the stories and, um, and then the, but the spirituality is, is around the connection to something greater. And, and that, that was the piece that I didn't really understand. Like as a kid, like even, even as a teenager, even as an adult, like I found moments of my life where I would like, 
like the part of church that I enjoyed or appreciated was the couple minutes that you get after you receive communion where it's silent, where it's just the music and you're mm. like saying your prayers or talking to God. And, and, and that was the, the moment where like, I, you know, I would look forward to each time. And, um, and, and sometimes like in college, I, I found myself like seeking that out in solitude, you know, of like, I need like a place to, to be, to come to. And like the church was a, um, was that space for me that that was you know felt safe um but did i always agree and understand the stories and you know and all and all and and no it was that it because it was that like power over of like you do bad you go to hell like you sin you go to hell right that's how it felt to me and i'm like what kind of god is that always being watched Always right, being watched. Exactly. We know like, everything. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. You know, like, fuck that. No. So Sinful. yeah, it's, it's I, a weird, it's a weird concept. So I've spoken to, I, I didn't really know about life coaching until I started doing the podcast. So I was giving you shit, but I was in my own little bubble and I'm almost, I think, what was I two years ago? So 38 and I had no idea what a life coach was, but speaking to different people who like have that spiritual awakening and do the life coach thing. It is very interesting that it's much more of a, it seems like a human empowered, like you're a good person versus sinful nature. And it's like, it, like to me, that's the biggest difference in perspective that I can take away. It's like, what religion empowers the person? It seems like most religions try to humble the person and the power gets put on the deity, right? God. Uh, I haven't read the Quran, but like right. I'm assuming Muhammad's the same way. I don't know if the Hindu thing's the same way, but like it, at least Christian religion, then I guess I should say. So the spiritualness of the person having the power is something I've, I don't know why I have a hard time accepting that, that like I am a powerful being, like you are a powerful being. And I haven't read the secret, but I've heard about these like manifestation things and I'm curious, like, are you on that level where you're like the positive, the power of positive thinking, speak it into existence type stuff, or are you oh, still absolutely. working? Are you really? Yeah, absolutely. And because I've experienced it and I've also, and I've experienced it in my own life. I've experienced it through some of the clients that I've had. I've experienced it through my mentors and, you know, and, and, and um, people that they have worked with. And there really is power in it, but the power is in our choice. Hmm. That's what it comes down to is it's not that we are this like all powerful being. We are a, we have a God within us as a component of our connection to everything else that is living in this energy matter of life. Like our spiritual being is this ball of energy that's within us that wants that that wants to learn to play and to dance and to do whatever your soul it wants to express. Right. And so, so when you're following that and you're choosing that from a place of love, which is what God wants it is, is for you to love life. Like, you know, God doesn't want us to be angry. He doesn't want us to be hurt or, you know, or, or um, feel any of those negative feelings, but they're, feelings are a part of the human process versus the energetic being that is within us. And so when you're in touch with that inner part of yourself and you're able to, and, and you're making choices in your human form in the direction that is of service to 
the greater good, then the magic happens with you. You know, like it, it, it does. It just, like it, it, like you'll start to notice the breadcrumbs and the little little pieces because the the intention and the mindset is there. Our mind is so powerful, and and I also like I'm a bit of a um, skeptic to some degree that I like I'm like I gotta know the science, right? Like, because to me, like just telling me this or just like telling me stories like is is not enough. I want to know more information, and don't get me wrong, I'm pretty gullible. But I so like I'll believe what you tell me unless I find it proven otherwise, right? right. Um, but there, I've also read like my my mentor through this institute, um, Mary Morrissey. She it she studied for the past like 35, 40 years uh, in the metaphysics of it. So so it's she's studied like she studied um philosophy and religion and um and um physics and um and like i said and like quantum stuff like all all different things that <laughs> that lead <laughs> together to to merge to show the the art and the science that creates the reality that you choose for yourself yeah it it's and it doesn't i don't want to be too philosophical because I really want to know, know if your parents thought you went into a cult or if they were like cool with the mind frame. But I'm thinking biblically and it's like, well, wasn't the original man made from the earth? Like I'm trying to think back to Adam and Eve in Genesis. And I guess I'm very Christian biased because that's what I grew up with. But like, I feel if that did happen, almost positive it did, that he like came from the dirt. And I think that's a thing from the dirt you were made from the dirt you will return. So it like makes sense that there's this connected energy in the environment when people talk about that, that you're not isolated. The whole no man is an island. Your, your actions have repercussions and ripple out. And it's like, well, if you, if, why can't you be religious and feel connected? Because there isn't a ton of emphasis really on like biblically environmental energy and caring for your environment. Matter of fact, the environment always seemed to like fuck everyone over in the Bible. Like it just always yeah. got them. And yeah, that's, that's an interesting point about the, because aura. that, yeah, that, that I think is like the, the, you know, the Bible is about man's story. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so in telling that it's, it's showing different examples of ways that like you can be good to each other. And if you're not, or if you choose this or you choose that, what's coming for you, the universe is going to show you that's when like nature will step in and show you like, no, or it will open up for you, you know, like just walks on water, right? Like mm. the, the, the possibility exists, right? It's the, you are c connected to each one of these pieces and, and the stories are representative of showing, of telling those good, like those good faith principles and, you know, how to love each other and how to be of service to each other and to the, to the world, um, in, in a way of human, you know, yeah. what is, what is human doing and how, and you know, what has that then caused or created and show the ripple effect because that's what really happens. And, and you know, is that, that ripple effect afterwards? Yeah. They're not planting trees. I mean, they're, they're like talking about separating wheat from the chaff and I guess fish and bread are real important and like multiply. 
but I'm just like, it, it's very interesting. It doesn't seem like the earth itself is much of a focus as far as people not just serving each other, not serving God, but also serving the earth. You know, like man's in dominion over everything, I think. So like all the animals are under you and the earth is yours to be had. And like, you're in control of all this stuff. And it's like, man, is that a good mindset where the life coaches, the woo woo people that I talk to, like, they're like, no, man, you're connected. You know, like the whole grounding thing, walk barefoot, man, feel the earth, like go get like overwhelmed with the vastness of an ocean or a mountain. And like, it'll humble you and make you feel centered versus like the guilt of sin. Because I saw some hot chick and I had terrible thoughts about what I hoped would happen with her, you know? And it's like, nope, repent, you're going to hell for that versus like, okay, man, maybe we can explore and focus that in a better way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But like that energy is good. It's nice. So you're passionate about something. Oh, so you love something, you know? And like putting that positive spin versus that, like, he shall not adulter. Boom. Like stoned kind of vibe. You know, it's, it is interesting. So, okay. So yeah, the parents, how did your parents take the conversion? Were they cool with it? (laughs) Um, my parents, I think, support me regardless um, of nice. what I choose. Um, they don't necessarily understand fully in this moment, you know, why I would leave something that I worked so hard for to pursue something else. Um, because that's what it looks like to them is as if I'm pursuing something else, but I'm really just pursuing occupational therapy on a different track. Like I'm just not doing it in the U S U S health system and, you know, and then leaning into my spirituality and my connectedness and this whole other way, that part, they just don't relate to at all because they grew up the way I was raised, right. With, with this different mindset and, and they haven't, um, I mean, they they know a ton of people from all over the world, right? Or, um, but I think that, like, I, I have had the opportunity to travel a little bit more um, because I was, I, they helped me get to the point that I could do that, right? Like, I haven't, I didn't have to provide for anyone other than myself. I was pretty much provided for and assisted until I was, and until like post-college. And then after college, then it was, you know, I was, I was figuring out life and, you know, until I went out on, on my own and I have started on this path, like, this is where I'm learning a lot of lessons that they learned a long time ago that I didn't necessarily see because they were working so hard to make sure that I had the life that they wanted for me. And, (laughs) and so that's where I think that like, yes, they like, do they support me? Yes. Um, but do, do they understand totally what I'm doing? And, you know, like they, they, they don't see, there's no more boxes to check. Right. So it's, it's a little bit more confusing and, and they, they can't relate the same because they're not in touch with the universe in the way that I am. And at, at this point in time. Yeah. Growth mindset. Yeah. <laughs> and everything with yeah, we get trained on that as teachers. It's like growth mindset and whatever you say, we make fun of, we're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, good job. You know, they try to do like the positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, do they get fearful? Cause this is something that's 
interesting to me. I get interested in like the entrepreneurship of being nice because it, not that it's hypocritical and I'm not saying that in any way, but it feels like, all right, I want you to feel good. I care about you. And you seem genuine as hell as I've been speaking with you now, your countenance that people won't be able to see. Like you just, you do, you have a West Coast, very loving vibe to you. And you've spoken that way about people you love. And then it's like, great, I made you feel great. I'm going to need to charge you $50 for my time kind of a thing. Because if it's a job, you do need money to survive in America. <laughs> and yeah. like, has that been like, what's that challenge been like? Cause I'm imagining as an OT, those paychecks must've been hella nice over time, whenever you want, maybe time and a half shift diff holiday pay, like all these things that blow those paychecks up. And now it, if this is like a business of yours, that has to be, it would be for me wickedly. And like, if I gave up teaching to be a full-time podcaster, I'd be like, holy shit, what did I do? How do yeah. I make this work? Yeah. Um, it definitely was a shift. Um, and, um, when I left, um, my OT job, I had been, um, I had been slowly kind of like working a transition. Um, I went from, um, a, um, like from full-time to part-time. And I was like, as I was building my business and then at one point, I, um, and it was not long after I got COVID, um, actually it was maybe like, um, with, at, while I actually, while I was in quarantine, I made the decision that I was moving to Mexico. <laughs> um, so, um, I, in, you know, in the midst of, in the midst of my quarantine and kind of figuring out, I like was faced with like, okay, what's next? Like, what am I doing? Why, like, am I gonna like, uh, it, it, it if I'm serious about following this path, I'm committing to it. I'm choosing it. I have an opportunity to go to Mexico where I have to learn more about alternative medicines and healing modalities and tools for therapy that, you know, I had, and I had a friend living down there who I also played rugby with, who was, um, she like helped introduced me to some people and have a place to stay. And, um, and so I just like, and I, I also, I had lost my uncle, um, in December of 2020, yeah, just of 2020. Um, and, um, I, the day when my mom told me, uh, I was at work and I had an anxiety attack or a panic attack. I'm not sure which, um, but I was hyperventilating. I was like, I could, my racing thoughts, like I couldn't like just all, I, I was freaking out. I had to like step outside. I had to have a coworker like came to like calm me down and, you know, and, and I, I still went back to work after that cause I'm crazy. Um, but I like in, in the midst of all of that, I, I had a, um, I took some time off and so this, sorry to give you the long answer to no, this. No, that's the point. So I yeah. went to, um, so after I was like really overwhelmed with like work and, um, and then the loss of my uncle. And I, I went up to Tahoe to stay with a friend or I, I, my, my friend was like, it sounds like you need a break. Like, <laughs> like, come, why don't you come up here? Like come up to the mountains. Like, let's, you know, spend some time. Um, and we, um, 
together while I was there, we did a, we did some mushrooms Mm -hmm. and a, um, a moon ceremony virtually with, um, so just like a, a circle of people coming together for the full moon, um, and, um, just some like reflections of what's going on in the, in the stars. I, I, I believe that we're very, also very connected to the planets and the shifting of the earth and the movement of this, the, um, the planets and things. And, and so we, um, and, and I think women were also very like connected to the moon energy, um, our cycle and everything. Um, and so we, um, during this ceremony, I like completely had this whole like it, through the meditation that she walked us through, um, and obviously the enhancement of the mushrooms like added to this. But I had just like just a complete like release, um, and then I learned that the woman that was um, leading the ceremony was also going to be leading this um, plant medicine ceremony in that I was, um, that my friend had invited me to attend in Mexico. And so that's when I was like, that's when I first said like, okay, I'm going to go to Mexico. I don't know. And I was like in the middle of COVID and like, I was like, I can't do that. That, you know, is that all those questions ran through my head. Like this is, you know, is this even smart or safe for me to do? And I was like, anything's possible. I'm going to, so if I have to quarantine before and after to make this work, that's what I'm going to do. And so, I, um, I had committed at that point and I put my, but my passport was expired by the time my passport came back. Um, it was too, I, I missed the, I was missing the retreat with that. My friend invited me to, um, but then I leaned into it further and I'm like, well, what's keeping me from going to Mexico? You know, like, I, like I still want, I still wanted to go. And that's when I decided like, what am I holding on to here? Um, still. And so that's when I, I picked up and I, um, and I decided to move and take the leap. And like, if I'm, if I'm really going to follow this and commit to it, I'm just, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go for it. Like, and, and I did. And, and so that was really scary. You know, it was really scary to like, to leave my comfortable job with those, great paychecks and health benefits and guaranteed work and you know and, and um and the the known reality of my of my world um my regular apartment my my own my the my the area i lived in the language you know i picked up and i was just like uh, fuck it. I'm, I'm just going. And I, I didn't, I didn't look into the area I was going to before I went. I didn't really know anything about it. I was just like, I, I just, um, I just felt called to go there. Like I, I just, I was, I just felt like there were so many pieces that were like putting me on this path of like, just do this. And I, and so I didn't, I didn't really ask questions. I just, I just said, fuck it. I'm, I'm going. I, you know, I didn't even really know a lot about like drinking the water in Mexico. And that's something that like you're supposed to know well in that's advance. That's a real thing? Is that real? I always thought, I always wondered like that's just a saying though, right? No, you don't want to drink the water. No, never? No public like regardless? <laughs> no, yeah. Um, bottled bottled water um, or like even even when you're like, unless you're boiling it. 
Um, and like, even when you're cooking, you want to, um, cook with, you know, a, a bottled water versus a, or, or even like cleaning your fruits and vegetables, like it's still like, oh, there's shit. like a risk there with that sort of thing. But once you're down there and you're kind of like, I, like, I think you get kind of used to it. Yeah. It's like, like that natural immunity. Just, kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Um, so dude, there was so much, uh, <laughs> I'm trying, me personally, I'm trying to get better at not interrupting people every 10 seconds because I get so inquisitive. Can I go back to the moon ceremony and mushrooms? Because yeah. this is something that I'm shifting my like perspective. The more I hear people, different random people, just talk about the positivity of psychedelics. And it makes mm -hmm. me to the for-profit medical system like, so we can give you a Valium, we can give you Xanax, we can give you ADHD medicine, but we can't give you a drug. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's a mushroom, but it's a drug and it's illegal. It's like, or because you're not profiting off of it. Is that why it's illegal? Yeah. Like that's where I go with it. Yes, but I'm exactly. curious. You don't have to tell on yourself in case mom or dad do listen, or if I don't know what relationship you have with them. But was that like one of the first times you were the first time you were doing psychedelics? Did you have some experience and you were able to like embrace it? You know what I'm saying? Cause like, I feel like the first couple times you do psychedelics, it's so trippy. You're just kind of holding on, but then there yeah. can get to a point where you kind of know what's to expect and you embrace the journey of it. Although I may yeah. be wrong about that perspective. So anyway, that's why I'm asking. So I think, uh, so I, I did at that point, I had some experience with psychedelics, um, but I was using them um, recreationally more for like, partying and escaping than I was actually as medicine. Um, and I really think that like any, anything can be medicine if it's used with the right intention. Um, and it's, and it's used, um, yeah, I'll just leave it there at the right intention. Um, and so, so I, I knew I would like with mushrooms, I think, because they're from the earth is even is even more like connection to that source right because it's it's a plant you know that like that grows from the earth and so versus like some of these like chemically altered substances that i think are also very medicinal um you know i mean even even through some of the the um like prescription pills and you know, over the counter things and all of that like it just the same they can be but medicine is to be used to treat symptoms while you're learning how to not need it anymore it's me it's mm. meant to be temporary um and so in this moment i was really using those mushrooms medicinally in that sense of like that was one of my first experiences where i was like like choosing it with a different kind of intention like i wasn't just choosing it to go out and get fucked up or to yeah. or to like see Giggle. some cool shit which is yeah. also i think a big part of why like of doing psychedelics is is to expand your awareness to heighten your senses to feel things differently to experience life through kind of a different lens and reality in a way it's still real it, you know everything is still real 
Um, it's just on in what layer of your conscious subconscious mind is it in there? And so it's all it's meant to like bring things up and to to teach you something and to and to show you something that is maybe that maybe needs healing or needs support or and in that moment like it really like I remember I have this image in my head that I really I would love to create into some sort of art piece but um of just like she walked us the meditation was like through the chakras and so I don't know if you know this that we have seven chakra I, energy points I just in discovered our so it's funny because that stupid music video the I'm handsome but I'm sex or handsomer with the money like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you caught it I might have skipped it with you but like it starts off with, he talks about the girl's chakra. And then he's like, not that you got any problem with your chakra. So like his <laughs> level of chakra is just knowing it's something about energy. I had no idea there were seven, but I, yeah. I'm familiar with like the whole like, oh man, there's like an aura about you. And I just, I've been referring to that as a chakra to kind of sound woke, but I got no idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, you're, I mean, there's different, so we have seven different chakras and they, and they aso are associated with different like pieces of our being so like from like the root chakra is like your is like your base your foundation your 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 safety your security your in your crown chakra so like the root is the bottom the crown is the top the crown chakra is like your your connection to higher source to to above and then um you have the third eye you have the throat you have the heart you have the solar plexus, which is like the stomach area. You have the, um, the, um, oh man, what's Don't that Don't Google one? it. Your I see you about center. to Google. You're about to Google. No, I'm not. I'm not going to Google. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using my brain. Dude, it's the worst. Like people, it's, this happens so often. Like people get put on to explain something. And I, like you did great pulling that from memory, but it's really weird to get put on the spot randomly and have to feel like, oh my God, I need to be like an expert about this with zero preparation after we've yeah. just been chatting. But so, so like, basically the different, yeah, the different, she walked us through the chakras of like as points of reference to, to kind of guide. And I, um, and I, and I, and so we were going from the bottom to the top. And when you get to, when we got to the crown chakra, it was like, you're like bursting out into the sky, into the stars. Right. And so like, I have this image of like, almost like glass, like a, a, a skull opening and like shattering like glass as the, as like, you know, my spirit was kind of like flying into the stars and it was the Sagittarius moon. And so Sagittarius has is like the horse with the bow and arrow. And so it was like, and you, you take an arrow and you know, and, and you like set an intention with it and you pull it back and you shoot it out, you shoot out your intention. And then we kind of came back through the chakras. And when we got to the heart, then it, you're like going in, like you have a key, you're the only one with the key and you pull the key from wherever you see the key and, and you open, you open it up and you see someone or you see something and there's, there's a message for you there. What is that message? And, and I, I saw my uncle, um, and I connected with him in the spirit realm of, you know, of, of just like him telling me it was going to be okay. Um, and can I pause I think, you just cause you had yeah. brought him up and I meant to ask earlier, um, and, and I'm not saying this in any kind of like asshole way, but I always feel like I have a weird tone. I don't know why, but like, why, what was, um, so special about the relationship between your, you and your uncle? Like, why did he mean, you know, how some people have uncles and you're like, Hey, he's my uncle. 
And it's like, yeah, I'm yeah. sad he's passed, but it's not like a, it seems like your uncle passing was like a life changing event for you. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious about I that. I think in general, I have a fairly young family. Um, I haven't had a lot of um, family members pass away that weren't like pretty old. Uh... Um, and cause my, my parents are only in their mid fifties. Um, my dad's parents are in their mid seventies. Um, and and so, um, and my, but my mom's parents were, have passed. They were a little bit older. Um, she's the youngest of eight, um, and a big Irish Catholic family <laughs> and, um, procreate. We need to fill yeah, those pews. Exactly. We'll, we push them out, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, um, this uncle was actually my great uncle. He was my grandma's brother. Um, and I remember being in New York with him when I was a kid and like, we would make macaroni necklaces. Like I, you know, and he, he gave me my, um, my, uh, he gave me a stethoscope when I was a kid. Um, and I, and I remember like, I don't know if he just like knew I was going to be in healthcare or, or if just planted that seed or, or what it was, but I think he really like put me on that path of it to some degree. Um, and he, um, later on in life, um, maybe, maybe six years or so before he passed, he acquired a brain injury. Um, and, um, he slipped on the ice outside of his, um, apartment and he hit his head and, um, his, he, his, his nature was still the same. Like his, his, his character, he is such a character. All the, like all of my grandma, my grandma and her brothers, the family, all characters just, um, and, um, and I think just that, that vibe, especially with him post brain injury, like he was, he was like on repeat with his, with his character uh, over and over okay. again. Um, and um and so i would visit with him when i would be back in the area um and it was just always so special he always just like reminded me how much i was loved and um and totally and like was so proud of me and like where i had what what i was doing and he had had occupational therapy at that point and mm. so he even like knew what i did in a such bigger way and um, and yeah, I think it was just, and his death was unexpected. And I think that that's why it really like hit me because I, it, I didn't, there was no way to have known it was coming. Um, and because it was in, it was during COVID, I wasn't able to like go back for the viewing or for the funeral or oh, to like, you know, to, to really say that sort of goodbye, which like up to that point was really important for me to be able to have the physical body and say my, say my goodbye within preferably open casket. Yeah. Um, and now I, I really connect with the, like the spiritual goodbye, you know, like he is always with me. And I, and, and he, even when I was in Mexico, I had another very like vivid experience with him in like a moment of spirituality. Um, where like it was like a reminder to take care of myself because I you know, like I was you know for so long I'd taken care of everyone else and I you know was trying to figure out how to take care of myself for the first time really in my life because I like I was living in another country as a solo traveler by my woman by myself and I like 
trying to make ends meet because I didn't have the savings to take this trip in the first place. I just went on this leap, right? And so I'm trying to figure it out, which fortunately in Mexico is a little bit easier to do um, because the dollar goes far. Um, but the but I wasn't yeah I, I wasn't slowing down. I was still finding myself choosing to try to like escape and versus um, versus like pause and stop and take care of myself. And I had a very like, like I said, vivid experience with him spiritually then too. And so I know he's always with me. Um, and that part will forever live on for me. Um, and I, I've always, his, or my grandmother has always kind of, um, she was always the voice for me growing up of like, like she goes to church every Sunday, you know, so, but she never pushed God on me. Like it was never, like, I never felt like, like I, that force, it, she, it was just what she did. And she just, yeah. that was just part of her routine, but it was, but she would say, she would like, something would happen. She'd be like, oh yeah, that's grandma Chi Chi, you know, or like she, like she, she's telling, she's trying to tell me something. She was always very tuned into signs or we would watch those shows of like, of the, uh, of the guy that would like connect to the spirits in the audience, you know, uh. <laughs> and like, like, yeah, like the, I just, I love, I was always into that sort of thing with her. And I didn't know she had this whole other like spiritual sense, which I learned once I started to like, once I had this spiritual awakening, I started to learn more about like her connection. Like she gifted me these um, like Oracle cards um, that she's had that they're like printed in the seventies that are like, Dude, you know, I, I but, so wonder you know, that stuff. Yeah. Like cultural norm wise, I wonder how many people who, cause I, I think it's like in human nature to seek that spirituality out. It just seems like too many people do it for it to be like, I, it, it's not in us. It seems like it's in us to seek that. I, maybe it's why we, people say like, we're aware, we're cognitive. Right. But I wonder almost like, like being a homosexual where people felt this connection, this sexual attraction to somebody, but because of the culture and the time and place, they were like, mm, can't acknowledge it. It's wrong. It's bad. I got to hide it. And like all this repression, right? Yeah. And now you're in like, we're in a place, I think almost anywhere in America where it's like, oh, you're gay. Okay. Like, oh, that's your wife. Oh, great. Oh, yep. That's my husband. Cool. Like you must don't yeah. even bat an eye. It's like, yeah, it's a spouse. Like, oh, cool. That's your part. Oh, okay. You have a baby with that person. Yeah. All right. That's great. And yeah. it's not like, oh my God. And I wonder how much spiritualness almost got like missed out on by people, like internal self-reflection because they felt boxed in by like cultural norms of Catholicism. Right. Or it doesn't have to just be Catholic. I don't want to like just shit on Catholics, but like whatever, like the religious frameworks were, because it seemed, it just seemed much more r rigid and strict the further yeah. back. And again, dude, I'm born in the 80s. What the fuck do I know about the 20s or the 60s, right? But right. I wonder if that, because it's cool when you're talking about your grandma, the fact that she has cards like that in the 70s. I'm like, what a rebel. Like, that's not too right. far away from like being burnt for being a witch. And you're like, dude, that's cool that you're like exploring that. Yeah. And the cards are very, are connected to indigenous culture, to, um, to the, uh, Seneca tribes and, um, the like 
Native American culture here in the U.S. and there, and to tell the stories, to pass to to tune into what are the things in nature trying to tell us? What are the things that are so like? There's one deck is um, medicine cards, which are all like animals, like animals and creatures and insects and things. And then there's one that they're sacred path cards, and they're like they're like the the lightning or the stone people or the you know the the trees or you know all just the different the different like things in or or um the north the like the north or the east or the south or the west like they all kind of like represent these different things in native american culture and so they're i know i'm sorry to interrupt but i'm not i'm not familiar with it all so i'm trying to picture it almost like tarot cards or tarot so like, yes. do, do you use them as like a translation of, wow, I saw a beetle, this beetle means something to my life? Or is it more like you put them out and like what comes up like a die and you're like, oh, this should guide me because fate or whatever the spirit is, put it there. Yeah. So it's, it's more as a, as a guy, do both actually. Um, and so, so if I, if I notice myself, so I, I know like obviously no one else can see this, but I have one of the decks here. Um, these are the medicine cards. And, and so like, sometimes I'll do, um, I'll like, you know, like when you're thinking about a question, um, that like, like, should I get vaccinated? <laughs> right. Should I, or like, what's gonna, what's gonna support me in this next chapter of life or, you know, what, I mean, really whatever, like if you're something that you're contemplating, you're shuffling the cards while you're doing that. And then, and then I lay them out and I, energetically like close my eyes and put my hand over the cards and and I feel where the energy moves my hands and and I know that may sound weird That's but there so is woo. like a connection to the cards yeah, well, themselves. Like, but like so when you say that and that's something I'm trying to get better at because I would be the dude that would want to clown you for being like oh energy led you there but at the same time like when I play go fish I have a fucking hunch I'm led to a particular place and I'm like, that's going to be the three I need for, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. and why isn't that energy? Right. So I've been like trying to replace and connect without, and cause I don't want you to feel awkward about like, now I sound like something like, I feel like most people have that same feeling. It just gets labeled differently for people, whether it's intuition, whether it's my gut, whether it's energy and really focusing on why, do I want to go middle? Let me try to the right. Ah, uh, that right doesn't feel actually the right actually now feels kind of right. Like I, I yeah. feel like it's more common if you really try to analyze it than um people like you being like, I feel energy. Oh, I don't want to feel stupid about saying it. I'm like, nah, I think most people sense the energy. Maybe they just don't yeah. want to acknowledge it as yeah. energy, you know? And I guess I do it with my eyes closed and like some sometimes like I really do sometimes it's like very strong. It's like zzz, zzz. Like, right. it's, you know, like, it's like, it, I can feel like, no, it's definitely not over here. It's over here. Right. Yeah. And whatever, at the end of the day, whatever card is pulled is meant to be pulled, you know, like whatever card I choose is, you know, is meant to give me some sort of message. Sometimes if I'm shuffling, if I'm shuffling the deck and a card jumps out and like that card is also important, it may not necessarily answer the question that you are seeking guidance with, but it's here to support you in another way and provide another message. Um, and so then the other way I do that is if I'm seeing like a lot of 
things you're like uh, like at one point i was seeing a lot of ants and i was like i'm like the, you know and to the point where i i like, am not this I dirty like, i am not right. this sloppy I'm like trying to like help them like go back outside you don't belong inside <laughs> i'm like helping them and like it's like literally doing whatever they can to like show themselves to me and like and if i if you notice it then it's a message for you then hmm. like and and so like and ants mean patience in this in this teaching um, and so like, that was my, and you know, and there's a whole story about it and, and, and everything in, in the book. Um, but so that like, it, it gets, so sometimes if I'm noticing myself seeing a lot of something, um, then I'll consult this book and I'll say, okay, oh, like, what true. is this creature trying to tell me? Like, why am I noticing it so much? Like, yeah, maybe all of these squirrels are usually here, but I don't always notice them. Yeah. You know, and like, why am I noticing them more today? Why are they walking up to me today? Why, yeah. you know, like, why are the nuts falling down the tree in front of me today? You know, and, and so I'll try. So then I like lean into, okay, what, what does that mean? Um, and what is it, what is nature trying to, to, to show me and to express to me in, in just another way? So I do it kind of both. That, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I kind of... I kind of feel myself getting pulled toward conversion. And I don't know if I'm just like prisoner of circumstance. Would that be it? Or like easily, easily impressionable or whatever. But like for some reason, it kind of makes sense to me. But then I like get caught up on like the, so what the fuck? The world cares about me noticing shit all of a sudden, you know, like, like why Your does, why is that okay? Does. What's if, that? When you, your inner self does like part of uh, being present and slowing down is paying attention to what is in your environment and what is speaking yeah. to you. See, what are the thoughts that are coming up for you? What are the things that you're, that are, that are really shown that you're really seeing and you're present with. And when I try to justify that with science to be like somewhat critical, I'm like, so if you always say that we only use 10% of our brain, what the fuck else is it doing all the time? What else is in that 90%, right? And like, it makes sense that organisms do everything they can to live. And most organisms want to live whatever is good for that organism. You almost innately know what makes you happy. Like, why do you sleep? I don't know. My fucking body needs it, man. So I sleep. Why do yeah. I blink? I No idea. I just can blink. Why do I have a gag reflex, right? Oh, so I don't choke. Like, you have these things that help you survive. Why do I like sunshine? Well, it brings me comfort, right? Like, Right. So and that to me is spirit. Like, we we can't, we are not choosing to voluntarily breathe yeah spirit is breathing us and then even preferences day. like how come cherry garcia tastes so great to me and it's terrible for my daughter and she likes cookie dough right like there's something in us that leads us on these ways so why wouldn't your body in some way know what's better and if that part of you is connected to this grander energy and it's like Hey man, we want to look out for you. So if you believe in it, it's like, well, then everything's interconnected. Everything wants everything to grow. That was something crazy. And this is so fucking random. Um, going to plantations in South Carolina, these huge ass fucking oak trees, man. Have you ever seen them down there? Like, I don't know. I'm assuming they're in Atlanta. Like the plantations are fucking nuts. Three, yeah. 400 years old. Well, something I didn't realize, and it was a tour guide who told me, and maybe it's bullshit was you plant them individually, but then they grow so large that their root systems become interconnected. 
So if a huge oak tree is missing sun, and you just picture like in a line, oak tree one from left, oak tree 10 to right. If oak tree 10 on the right is getting sun, it can take more sun than it needs and pass it down the line to sustain the other oak trees when they weren't like fucking Siamese twins. You know what I'm saying? You're planted separately, but their roots from growing have connected and they found this like symbiotic relationship to help each other. And he's saying that shit and I'm like, that's fucking, like people do that. We we work and we look to help each other and fucking trees are doing this. And it makes sense. Like the more I think about it, like why do we care that the earth perishes? Well, because that's our place of living. So like, wouldn't we have this innate sensitivity to it talking to us and helping us to know what it needs and we getting something from it and like unlocking that. I don't know. That was a huge ramble on my part, but to go back to to the medicine animals, like it just kind of does make sense that there would be this weird connection. You would need to be made aware of that. You aren't. Yeah. And to your point, I think where we are like, uh, we are, also meant to help each other like even even in every single religion and there is this philosophy around like helping thy neighbor right and 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 i think like i think it was really cool where you're talking you're talking about the trees connecting with each other and supporting each other that's we are just as much connected to each other in human form we're just in this skin Right. Yeah. Like we just but we're energetically connected and we're, we all have different pieces of the puzzle to help each other grow and to help each other live and, and thrive. Yeah. Like, think about that. Right. Like, what if you so if I'm like if I'm just naturally negative and you're like the positive tree. Right. And your roots are just feeding me the positivity I need in my life to remind me, like, dude, quit being so fucking pessimistic. Right? Like quit being a dick basically. And you're like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm being a dick. I'm so sorry. And then you're like, oh, your energy gave me a little bit of niceness in my life. Right? Like why, yeah. how is that not um, more common? Or if like, whatever, I see a bunch of, what would be a hat, a bunch of bunnies. And I'm like, how come I'm seeing so many bunnies? I need to get around some happiness or I need to go do something that's going to bring me some happiness. And you don't know what that effect was. Yeah, like, like I notice bunnies make me happy. And so maybe I'm meant to do something with bunnies. Maybe I'm meant to work <laughs> with bunnies or maybe I'm meant to put, become the Easter bunny this year, right. or maybe, you know, who awesome. knows what that means for you, but you're noticing the energy of I'm happy with bunnies. Yeah. You know, other people, it's not bunnies, it's puppies or it's, yeah, yeah or it's you know <laughs> yeah but those kids are in counseling well <laughs> those poor children fire is a very powerful source it's also a huge part of our nature our nature and like our, it's one of our elements right it's one of yeah. the things that like helps us survive in a bigger way when yielded properly when taught yeah. about its power and its strength and Dude. its fierceness and i i don't know i don't think i would get fired for saying this, I don't like saying too much about psychedelic experiences. This was when I was very young as a kid. Um, so I think that doesn't get me arrested. Being a teacher, we have this weird contract about like on social media endorsing illegal substances. So I'm in Delaware, fucking pot's still illegal, even though it's a long story. But anyway, one of the best experiences of my uh, youth was for like three hours staring at a pine cone burning in an enhanced state. Yes. And like 
just, I don't know what it was, the entertainment value of that, but that fire and the way it moves and breathes and lives and is unpredictable, like a fucking pigeon is unpredictable in like where their head is and where they're going to fly. Those flames, you're like, there's no fucking pattern, but there is, there's a rhythm, there's a life, it's seeking and you can anticipate where it's going to go and you kind of know when it's going to die and you're like, man, is the fire aware that it's dying and it's fighting for life? And you have all these weird thoughts and like, dude, that had to be almost 25 years ago. I yeah. still remember where I was sitting. I remember the clothes I was wearing. I remember the buildup to the event and the event. Like that's weird. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember multiple events that led up to that event that weren't even really seemingly connected. But it's ingrained in me. And you're like, wow, what is When's that your about? birthday? I don't want to do that. Come on. You know man. your sign? Are you a fire sign? I'm just curious if you're a fire sign. I'm a cancer. Is that a fire sign? Okay, no, you're a, that's a water sign. Okay. Yeah, July 4th. <laughs> oh, well, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it just, I don't know. I was just. It's, I'll celebrate your birthday over the birthday of this country because, yeah. It's a weird country. <laughs> <laughs> Not worth celebrating. It, yeah, I um. Somebody, I don't know, that's so stupid too. Somebody had posted, I'll fuck it up, but it was like, America's birthday, so we can forget about slavery. And I'm so torn. I don't want to get like super, I don't know, super like polarizing, but I get very torn with like the, so much is wrong, but just because so much is wrong, does it not mean that so much has tried to be made right? And isn't it kind of better than what we hear about other places? And like people are just kind of, fucked up when they organize things in government ways and like societies and civilizations tend to have these like we take over we have to protect we have to expand we will then collapse patterns that i'm like america seems to try to do a lot even though there's a lot of corruption for sure you when know, it it's... comes to when it when it comes to like um the difference in other countries like we have uh, we have opportunity here that a yeah. lot of other countries do not and yes the colonization of and like this but it's it's but also very we weird like independence yeah you know? right that's where it's like you know what are where where does that come into play like i mean literally women were just stripped of their bodily rights you know apparently so by a bunch of people that want to keep guns in your hands and right. like, it's a very weird, it, it, dude, the, the whole abortion thing. I don't, Jesus, I don't know where I fall if I was the Supreme Court judge, because the, here's my holdup and I, I, I don't want to piss you off in any way, but I look at the baby that's being developed and I'm like, where does that baby's rights almost just legally as a citizen start? And then like someone's like, oh, when they're out of the womb and it's like, well, but they are not self-sufficient. Like it would be illegal for you to have a baby and just leave it somewhere, right? Or kill it once it's born. And like, I can't get a right answer that I understand, that I feel right about in my soul. Cause I understand both. I'm like, well, the like that, I'm, I'm not a woman. <laughs> like that's gotta be a weird place to be like, I can't have this right now. You know, and like, shouldn't that be her right? Because it is her body and she should be able to choose. But like, 
shouldn't we allow that to be an individual right if we are about freedoms versus banning that individual right of you no longer get the choice? Like if we're really a free country, shouldn't we be about the choice? And it seems like such a weird fucking contradiction, man, especially when you're like, but you have the rights to weapons to protect yourself. And it's like, well, what if I feel the abortion protects me? Well, no. Well, I feel this AR-15 protects me. Okay. (laughs) But like, oh, this is better for my life by me having an abortion. It's like, nah, sorry. Nope. You got to drive 45 states over um, to the Northeast, apparently, to (laughs) have them. And it's like, that to me is really weird, especially when you look at, um, there's a ton of studies about, uh, fuck man, how like, it was almost connected to crime. Have you heard of the podcast Freakonomics? No. So basically the premise, it's an economic podcast, but they found once abortion was legalized with Roe v. Wade, it was like all these different life metrics in urban areas improved And they weren't trying to say like having abortion makes life better, but they were like, maybe having the option if you're a 16 year old girl and you made a mistake and you have the abortion, like now you can better your life and you learn from that. And now you don't have to have a child that you can't provide for as well because you're not sustained and mentally that's going to do things to you. And it's going to do things to your child because you can't economically give them the advantages of other things. What if you got to work two jobs? Now you're not around to read your kid to your kid. You're not around to interact with your kid. What's that going to do to the kid? Leave them to the system, and then the system has to take care of them. And the system's overwhelmed. Yeah, like why are we doing pre-K? You know, it'd be best if they were with their grandma and they were with their uncle making macaroni salad like necklaces. Like, how awesome is that? Like that. You want yeah, that environment. I just think that if it was if it was actually about the life of of the child, then the the opportunity for that child to receive food for the mother to have support both financially and you know and for for education there would be money teachers would be getting paid a lot more money to be teaching kids you know like all if it it was about the life of the child then there would be so many more things in place but it's not about that it doesn't seem that way and it um and i'm sorry to cut you off but this is super interesting at least to me because i'm a dad and i was kind of proud of her so driving my daughter to school, she's 12 in sixth grade and on the radio, the Roe v. Wade leak happens. So it's like seven in the morning. Of course, I'm the dude that's listening to talk radio, making my daughter listen to it just to like have a thought. And she goes, does anyone think about what a kid would feel if their parent didn't want them and was forced to have them? Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn. Yeah, wow. Like, so you're going to, someone like has the thing like, oh my God, this is not good for me. You're forcing me to have this. And now that energy, that emotion, like that has to almost be transferred. And I get the whole, I get the whole, like, thank God you're alive. Like, okay, you can overcome. I'm so glad I didn't have the abortion. This baby was the best thing. Like there are those stories that are out there too, but I'm sure there are stories about like, this child is now neglected because the parent wasn't ready. And you're like, is that worth it? Like it's, it's such a weird place, man. And I, I, I just go to like, if we're about individual freedoms, shouldn't we be about individual freedoms? If like, that's our mantra, it seems pretty simple where the law should be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and energetically, to kind of come back to that piece, what <laughs> happens in the womb, you know, really impacts us in in what like 
um, it, like I, I very much believe in like past lives and in, and the need for ancestral healing and 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 what happens in utero, what the what the mother is experiencing in utero, or while um, well, it is the like has definitely has an energetic impact on the light like that that stays with the soul of that child that is then birthed um and so you know if if, yeah like that child would would even if they didn't necessarily know they would still feel that with what they feel whatever the mother is experiencing and and like and you may not necessarily know as you get older where those feelings come from or what like that right. that but that energy will then transpire into different parts of your life that un, unless you're doing the work and then you go back and you do the work and you're like oh my god my mother didn't even want me but but maybe at this point mother is so grateful to have had me yeah. you know and because because baby taught me so much and you know and and I grew as a person because I became a mother even but the impact that had still on the life until you're able to heal that wound and and cut that energetic cord that is still going to exist from mother to child um so so i think that is a really important piece to to know is 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 yeah like what what is going to be that quality of life and that message that the baby receives uh, you know who knows what the birth story is um, or, or whatever else, you know, the mother may be going through. So it's, I, I'm not smart enough, nor have I read enough to understand the, it should fall on the States. Like the government doesn't have the right to say, this is the law. But then I look at something like pot and I'm like, so the fucking federal government still can't just say pot's fine but you can say that abortion's illegal. Like that to me seems so weirdly arbitrary. Like if you don't have that right as a government, like federal government, why do you have the right to dictate anything on a state level? Right. Okay. So you get taxes. Okay. I guess I'm down with that. Cause we need an army. All right. But like, other than that, why the fuck are you around? If you can't tell me this law is like, Nope. All 50 of you people who have agreed to be in the United States have to abide by this. So if you can't do that for a woman's right to choose, why can you do it for anything? That's where I'm at with understanding it. And I haven't I haven't read it. I haven't listened to it because I don't know why. I guess I'm intellectually lazy. But like or that's the... Because you're, you know, there are a lot of other things in this world to focus no. your time on. Honestly, can I be honest with it? Like, honestly, I don't want to get frustrated. I get very agitated part of my personality is like um i don't know if i'm a fixer where shit ends up well but i try really hard to fix it like if you came to me with some sort of issue like oh i blah blah i don't want to listen to your feelings i want to solve your problem and help you and that's a flaw because sometimes people just want to talk and i immediately start like all right let's let's get there that's a gift maybe unless you fuck it up by like helping right but i I don't want to learn about these laws because all i'm gonna do is turn into a fucking protester somewhere or I'm going to like run for governor or senator or some shit. Like it's going to... Well, to be fair, we need more white male protesters. <laughs> <laughs> so just throwing that out there, you know, you can, you can still you can still protest and be without, standing by us with your side. Without you know? automatic weapons slung over our shoulders <laughs> to stop, right, to stop right. the criminals. <laughs> God. Like, 
it's bad. God. But it, it doesn't, like, again, we all have our pieces to the puzzle. We all have different ways that we can support each other. And like I said, like, that part of you is a gift. It's a way to be, to to want to help, to, to see a problem and automatically be like, like you can, you automatically, they're kind of like analyzing, what can I do? What can I, and you see all the pieces, right? Like maybe not in the way that they, like the choice should still come from the person versus from you. Right. And that's where that line of like, and even for me, this is where the line of coaching and occupational and like, the way I learned occupational therapy, you know, I, I similarly, I go in and I see like, I'm doing evaluation and I see like, okay, like what you got going on. And I'm looking at, these are all the things that we're going to do. And, and I'm like, okay, well, we're going to do what, what are, but I'm still asking, what are your goals? What's meaningful to you? What's important for you to accomplish out of this? Because say, you know, someone, has a stroke and they can't use one side of their body and they're having a really hard time getting to the point where they can put on their own pants or they can clasp a bra or something like that. Right. And they're like, you know what? I don't care. That's not meaningful to me. Like I'll hire someone to put my pants on or to clasp my bra. Right. But like, I want to fucking crochet because that gives me joy. I get joy out of bingo. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Right. Okay. Then we're going to work on things that are going to improve your quality of life in crocheting or playing bingo. And and we're going to put a system in place for you to be able to get your pants on or your bra clasped. Yeah. Right. And so, and so you, you look at you, but as from the coaching lens, or so like OT, I'm like, okay, these are the things that I see are wrong. These are the things that we're going to do. And this is, this is the result we're going to get versus, and of course there's, you know, you, you evaluate and change throughout the process. But as a coach, I'm helping someone find those answers for themselves. I'm not telling them this is what's going on. I'm saying, I'm trying to help them tell me what's going on because I'm not in the body. Yeah. And, and I don't, I'm not, I don't have the mind. I don't have the spirit that, you know, so, so what in you do you feel, what are you feeling right now across the board, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, where's the disconnect? Where is the block for you? And I help them kind of discover that because then you can take charge in your own way. And so that's where that lens of like a guiding, I may still see the pieces and have some level of intuition of why, of like what is actually going on and where it's coming from. But I can't tell you that's definitely what's going on in your reality because I'm not you. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I like that. That sounds like what teaching and coaching should be, right? Not because it, it's not like it's weird. You're not like teaching them some recipe of how to make a chocolate chip cookie. Like there's. There's very specific rules for that, right? Yeah. You're not a chemist making fucking nylon or like Tevlar, right? You're you're helping people, you're bettering their life and bettering their life is probably empowering them because, yeah, I don't know. It just, the more I talk to different people, the more I'm like, you do have interests for a reason. And like, who the fuck wants to be, if you don't enjoy factory work, why, hopefully you never have to work in a factory. Right. Like hopefully you're not forced into a job to provide a decent way of living. It sucks. Like when people are like that, I think that's how you tend to be like obese, probably how you would be unhappy, how you develop substance abuse problems because you want to escape all the time because you don't find fulfillment and joy in your day to day. 
like, I feel blessed, dude. I love teaching. I had an open gym. I, I coach basketball. I had an open gym this morning, an hour and a half. I'm in a gym with a bunch of 11, 12 year old, 13 year old boy girls for free, like just doing basketball shit, running around, sweating, joking. Like you guys yeah. like basketball. Cool. We're here. Let's get better at basketball. And like, that gives me fulfillment. I, I don't feel forced. If I felt forced to be there, it'd be terrible. Oh my God. You yeah. know, like it'd be hor- and it'd be a horrible experience and I would dread it where I woke up looking forward. It gave me energy. You know what I'm saying? And like, I feel like, and you know, we've all had teachers like that. We've all had coaches like that. I think that like on the other side, like that, I mean, you, I imagine you're a good teacher, you know, they just, even just your, just how your people person, you're like, you're define yourself as a bit of a fixer. Like you want to help. Like that's what we need in teachers. But I think that's what we need in like society as workers though too. Right. Like I think that's what helps a healthy society is like, are you able to do and feel productive and feel a part of something by doing what you enjoy? You're not, feeling forced into something that's going to suck every day just so you can kind of tread water. Yeah. And that's, that's why I, when I started to notice myself getting to a point in my career where I was, I literally was my, my mm, worst was still quality compared to what, to other people were providing um, and, and that's per reflection of other staff members and residents and patients and things I've worked with um, and also just observation. Um, but I, I was noticing when I noticed myself to be just like going through the motions yeah. and just like checking the boxes at work, like I'm still provide, I'm still going to go in with a smile and I'm going to like have rapport with them. But when like, when I'm not pushing as hard to to help like I was still pushing to help them but I was kind of you know I was I was really just like going through the motions I wasn't happy with what I was doing anymore I wasn't feeling challenged anymore like I knew everything I needed to know in that up to that point I'm like it, it was too easy and it was and it was a little bit mindless to to an extent that like I didn't have to be super present and focused and like I wasn't worried that I was gonna like risk someone's life or you know which like is never a position I want to be in but I it, you know it for the most part I was like I, I really just found myself like I, I was so unhappy and it was like life was trying to show me one thing after another of like, why are you still doing this to yourself? Why are you still doing this to yourself? Like it literally, like it took my soul in a, in a way that like when I chose to leave, like as scary as it was, I knew I was doing something greater for my soul. And when I'm just curious, like, do you have a moment when you made that decision? Like, was it the night before? Was it a couple weeks? And then you still kept showing up? When I made which decision? To be like, I'm done with the OT thing. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I knew I wanted to transition into this life coaching thing. And so I had, I had, you know, I, I had, I planted the seed and the idea and I'm dreaming big and I'm living in my vision of my reality of myself and living that life. Right. And the, the power of positive thinking. Right. And then I'm, um, and, and, but I was, I, I think for a while, I didn't realize how numb I was until I left. Hmm. Um, I, I knew to some extent and I, and I, um, 
it was just, I, I started to, because I was more, I was in this like spiritual process of noticing what I was noticing in my environment and with my thoughts and with the things that were happening around me. I was like, it was, and the, these breadcrumbs of like something's calling me to do something bigger and to go somewhere else and to try something new. And, you know, like that, that piece, like I, I kept following. Um, but, uh, and, and so there was like, there was, I mean, there was a, there, there was a moment where I was like, like, I mean, of course I'm like, I'm putting in my notice and I'm going to go. Um, but it wasn't necessarily like it, I, it, I wouldn't say it was an easy decision. It was, it was really hard for me to leave my people. Did you make um, a pros cons chart? Did you do like the T chart thing and like write it out? Yeah, I mean, I did all did all sorts of things, you know, and like you heard what I did to choose my my career in the first place. So of course, to leave my career and to choose a new one, um, which I think is not necessarily a new one. It's just a new lens. It's just yeah. a new way of supporting people through their tasks and functions, just from a from from a place of of being able to to serve the greater good, to help people expand and step into their higher self is helping people step into the possibility of creating a better world because they're going to be happier and that's going to ripple out and that's going to provide more goodness and service to the world. And as if people are following what is truly meant for them. And so that's where, like, I, I don't know that I ever answered this question around like the money piece and like asking for money for service, but that's where for me, like it, the, asking for for money for something that is going to serve the greater good to me is not it, it it's still a choice at the end of the day for the person to choose do i want do i want to invest in this opportunity or like i can still choose to like learn and do these tools on my own and find my own way it's just an opportunity do you would you like the support on this journey which is connected to my time and my resources and my education to be able to help you connect the pieces. May I have your attention, please? I need a free library. We'll so, I love if it. You need a new library card or items, don't be sorry. Out. This please is part of history. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that piece like is it, it doesn't feel like sales to me um, because it's coming from a place of um, of helping people better their lives, which is going to better more people in the earth and it and I, you know, I, I've invested time and money into yeah. into into the things that I'm doing to be able to then help more people and not just and the the more I'm able to give to myself, the more that I'm able to give to others and and the same as people pour into me, then that you know can continue to grow and expand as well. Yeah, how did I ask a question about money and then all of a sudden we get into abortion rights <laughs> and individual freedoms? You brought that back so well because that is true. I was like, oh yeah, shit, we did. I was asking about, it was like, dude, I, so I take like some notes. I got like uncle relationship and then like 20 minutes later, abortion. And now it was like, what the? I love it. Yeah. I, I love yeah. the talks. But it's fine because that's just what, it's just what happens in conversations. Yeah, it's, I think it's really cool that, um, I don't know, man, there are people like you out there who try to make it your career to help others. 
And I don't think there's anything wrong. Like, and I wasn't really asking like the money thing is like a sales thing, but it is something I get curious about. Maybe it's because I'm that father and my daughter's like trying to find her career path kind of a thing. And it's like, fuck man, if she was like, oh, I'm going to be a holistic coach, daddy. I'd be like, no. But like at the same time, like, why not? She's, she's got a great heart and she cares and she loves about people. And now she's going to get some sort of like a business sense and a marketing sense. And whatever like it, it's an experience in life and who's to say she should make a hundred grand a year what if she can happily live off of 10 grand a year who are you to tell her and now she's going to meet and find these relations and you've mentioned like oh, what 18... if she can have both yeah no doubt right you but know like... like she could be making there i know a life coach i've been mentored by a life coach who had who had a million dollar client yeah you know like that stuff exists yeah. You know, all, all possibilities exist of wherever, what you want to, what you want to make you, what you want to have, what you want to create and be an experience. Like you can do it. It all comes from choice. Like we, every single thing that we do in our life is, is our choice, except abortion is no longer a choice. Um, Depending on what state you're in. <laughs> unless you go to a different state. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's, we, we have these choices that like, like, cause you can still right? like you, like, I've all, I'm a firm believer of, yeah, rules are there. And like my whole life, I was pretty much a rule follower. Like, I'm like, I don't want to get in trouble. I didn't like to get in trouble. I watched my sisters get in trouble and other kids and other things. And I was like, I don't want that. You know, I got grounded like once in my life and I was like, that's enough, you know, but the rules are there to give a guideline. Same thing. Laws are there as a guideline. You can still choose to break them or follow them. Right. And, and so, and so that's like, just like every other thing that we, we do, like you, you can, is, is a choice that can create this next piece of the puzzle, this next step, which, you know, gets us up the staircase to where, where it is that we want to be. And every piece of that is, is, it has a message and is a part of the journey and is a part of the experience, which is what I think life is about, is about experiences. Like I like I did the I did the OT, you know, it's a US health system, you know, I'm gonna do OT differently now. You know, like I've I've lived in a little bit of poverty. I'm gonna do something different now. I wanna, you know, I wanna live a rich lifestyle now. Yeah. You know, like whatever I, I lived the life of an athlete. Now I'm gonna live the life of a tree hugger, you know, like <laughs> so many these like there's it's experiences. Like what do you where like if we're not experiencing life then we're not we're not learning. And I think that where there's so many things to learn. I have trouble choosing what to learn about because there's so many things that I want to learn. I imagine how many things you learn doing this podcast. Oh dude, it's been you fucking know, insane. Like all it, the humans you're talking to on a regular basis. Like it's yeah. wild. No, it is. And that's part of the perka, I think, of why I, I keep going, because it gives me some sort of weird excuse to be like, let me get to know more about you and your experiences in all sorts of different parts of the world and country. It's um yeah, it's right. been amazing. I know you're um basically out of time, Jackie. Um <laughs> I liked I liked your ending speech about um experiences. Thank you so much for coming on, letting people get to know you. Um be sure to return any books that you have so you don't rack up late fees at the library. I hear those can be Absolutely. terrible. Absolutely. All right, man. Um, thank you so much for coming on and uh, enjoy yeah, the rest of your night. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I really enjoyed our talk. Have a good one. Me too. Me too. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. 
Search up Andre Psyche on social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know today's guest or just want to support this upstart podcast, go to our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, your donation will help with all the costs associated with producing the Getting to Know You pod. Don't forget the three free ways to support the pod. One, subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Three, go to Apple, write a review. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. If you're interested, just message us. See you.